Welcome to Hindsight Hacking. I'm Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Cool, and you are listening to Hindsight Hacking, where we have talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs hacking their hindsight to give you clearer foresight. And now, as we still bring you the same great, amazing interviews each and every week, we are adding bits and pieces to serve you in such a great way. These bits and pieces are some mindset hacks, visibility hacks, traffic hacks, and more on the daily hacks. So we want to make sure that you have all the tools and all the resources that you need to gain more visibility and gain more traffic. And obviously, to get more sales. So head over to gethhhm.com forward slash toolbox to grab your free resources to get the help you need to get more. And if you're interested, after you collect all those freebies, because they're amazing, hit the link in the show notes and jump on our calendar because we definitely want to help you. Guys, we absolutely love the community that we've created with your guys' help, and we love all the hindsight hackers. So jump on in and get on our calendar. So without further ado, what do you say? Let's get to it. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Hindsight Hacking. And today, I get to have one of my idols on the show. My podcasting idols, paleo uh, idols, taught me all I knew from that, and uh, Mr. Abel James. And so for anybody that is not familiar with Abel James, he is a New York Times bestselling author, musician, online creator, and he is the host of the award-winning Fat Burning Man Show podcast, Apple's number one health podcast in eight countries, with an astonishing amount of fifty over fifty million downloads. I'm blown away at that one. He has been rated and named one of the hundred most influential people in health and fitness. And today, Abel James has graced us with his presence. Abel, I am so thankful, so blessed, and uh, very excited to have you here today. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm realizing that you actually photoshopped me sprinting in the bacon, which is amazing. That's the first time I've actually seen that on the show. I missed that picture. I missed that event. It was great times. Yeah, I, I, I had to have that because one, that's awesome. Uh, and I think that's great. But I was like, he's running in bacon. So how can I not have that somewhere on the show? Um, so <laughs> I cannot wait to just kind of dive in. But before we do that, why don't you take a moment to kind of let everybody know a little bit more valuable? Sure. Well, uh, I definitely as someone, I'm someone who wears multiple hats and I like chasing different passion projects. But uh, since I was a little kid, I've, I've viewed a lot of these things that I do as like starting a band. I've been a, a career musician in different forms over the years, but uh, I tend to take a more like fun and creative approach to business and projects than a lot of the more medically focused or even fitness focused people in, in the health field. Um, part of that is because I married a, a former professional video game player in my wife, Allison, and she has a great, nice. a great, just playful spirit. And so we're able to do entrepreneurial things together and, and with some of our friends over the years. But anyway, generally speaking, um, <laughs> I, I try to help people with health sometimes as a coach, like on, on TV in one instance, um, I have a health podcast. I, I have written health books and blogs and recipes and, and we have a new app with monthly challenges. So we try to help people, uh, <laughs> do the hard thing in today's world, which is actually like be healthy and, and then stay there and try to practice 
preventative health as opposed to winding up with some horrible disease or dysfunction. Um, and, and, and a lot of that is through like trying to make real food fun. And uh, I'd be happy to talk about any of the other you know projects we have, but I also play music and I've written a few books that are like poetry related as opposed to food related. And so I think it's important that the more entrepreneurial minded people know that you can have multiple projects and they can cross pollinate and actually help each other. Yeah, love that, and and definitely, uh, we'll we should get into some of that stuff. But uh, but let's start about the podcast because Ron and I we love podcasts. We have an agency. We help edit clients. We help people launch, hit the charts, all that fun stuff. But nothing compares to fifty million downloads. Nothing compares to the longevity that you've been able to to have. Um, and and I, I don't even know how many shows or episodes you've recorded across. Uh, what has it been? Nine years now? Eight years? Yeah, like that? yeah, nine coming up on on ten years, depending on how you define the start and end. Because like that's that's the interesting part. The beginning of podcasting and kind of video on the internet. It wasn't a hard beginning. It was a little squishy for a few years there. So even at the beginning of the podcast, for a short time, it was an audio only podcast for my. But very quickly, I hopped on the video thing, and I'm thankful I did because that led to other projects and other other skills down the road where it like forced me to get decent on camera or at least not be, <laughs> not be bad. And you have to go through that, you know, like you really do because it's weird oh, yeah. to this thing all day. Um, so once you get through that, then going on TV made way more sense and going on all these other shows and things like that. So part of this is only practicing the craft and being willing to be bad at the beginning and then just kind of work through that and get better. Just putting in the time, you know, it's like I did not get, 50 million downloads in a year. Um, and like the way that it happened in various times with the big hits that we've had over the years, whether it's a book or a TV show or, or things like that, it comes in spurts. But the thing that really keeps your business uh, going sustainably is, is the people who are loyal to you and with you. And that's a much smaller group of people, even for, for someone who has like a pretty big platform like us, relatively speaking for, for like little guys, we have a pretty big reach, but it's, it's tough sometimes to stay above water, especially after paying a team. And uh, if, if your business is primarily online and you're looking for that big hit, to like save your business or get you to the next level. I'm sorry to say that that's not really what's going to do it. It's putting in the work. You just got to keep going and keep adapting too, because what, what worked last year or last week will not work tomorrow in a lot of the cases. And you have to face that and adapt whether you like it or not. And so we do that on a regular basis and the, the rug is pulled out from underneath us every six months, but you're just kind of used to it. It keeps you sharp after a while, right? <laughs> oh, exactly. Well, I mean, there's, I dare to say, and Corey can correct me if I'm wrong. If he didn't run into your podcast, we probably wouldn't have a podcast. And if we didn't have a podcast, we would still be doing our job because we do this full time now. Crazy. And if we still had our job, there's hundreds of people that we've helped get their message out through podcasting just because Corey found your podcast. Like, so I, I, I just want, because we pride ourselves on impacting the impactors and I want you to know that your impact is helping us impact even more people just because you started. That's incredible. That's, it's really humbling. And, and it's 
not the first time I've heard that, but every time I do, it helps me realize that what I was doing at the time, you know, 2012, 2013, when it really started taking off was more than what I realized I was doing, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. And so it's important to realize the gravity of what you're doing sometimes. And that's been a big, like humbling experience for me more than anything else. Cause it's, it's a big responsibility when you, once you do get scale, especially to show up and say the right thing, not say the wrong thing, not make mistakes, especially when people's lives are on the line, literally in the world of health. It doesn't always feel like that, but they are. And so, right. yeah, the, the gravity of that is is important, but don't let it overwhelm you. It overwhelms me every day. You know, like I'm doing 12 of these recordings over two days on my show, on other people's show, all these interviews, reading a stack of books. And I get overwhelmed every time. I'm just used to it. But I, I wake up and I don't want to do it. <laughs> like, I don't want to do it. All day long, I don't. But I still, you got it. You got to show up. You put in the work, and then you've earned it. And hopefully, you've you've served the world in some way. Hopefully, you've you've at least used your gifts, um, and and at best helped other people. You know, improve their own lives, even if it's just escapism or something like that. Like silly music is for me sometimes. Like sometimes right. that's enough. You know, like professional video gamers. I also have mad respect for that because a lot of them keep it positive. That's the whole point. It's you escape there so that you're not talking about politics and you're not talking about all this stuff and being dragged right. through. So, um, yeah, I think there are so many different ways that you can, you can do this. And it's important to stay honest with the ones that are like that, that have your attention, but also mm -hmm. stay true to the ones that, you know, will be there. And you just have to keep putting in the work. Like for me, sometimes when I don't want to do all this health podcasting and stuff, and I have taken a break a few times, I remember that like the reason I started it or, or one of the reasons is because you can never let your eye off the ball. It's always like health is a vertical is a topic where it's like you can never just not think about health. Or <laughs> right. It's going to be a problem pretty soon. So, right. uh, so I'm really great, grateful that that's kind of like a big place where we play is, is the health side of things. It's, it can be intense sometimes, but I'm, I'm really happy to, to kind of play there. Yeah. So, I mean, you you've probably evolved from the, it was, you know, strict paleo at first, or at least it, it not necessarily strict, but before you had your recipe books, a lot of them, uh, you had in the wild diet came out and gosh, now that's been out forever. It seems. And, yeah. uh, I'm sure there's multiple iterations of that, uh, since yeah. I saw it six years ago. Um, and I, I got to say like, I have a, I have a daughter that's almost seven. And before she was born, my wife and I, like we, probably never felt better. And we were really following the principles and guidelines that you taught. And, uh, and then she was born in our, our ability to multitask in the right way with two kids and eating well, kind of went out the window. And, and so I love that. I feel like this is, it's circling back uh, because actually you're the second guest in a row. That's a fitness uh, professional entrepreneur. And so that's when they ganged up on me, Abel saying I was fat the whole time. So Done that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have a long ways to go, but uh, but it's just it's kind of cool to have it kind of full circle in this. But but you mentioned like you've got to stay true. You've got to put put in the work and evolve and adapt. Like, tell me about a little bit of that adapting in the sense of of the things that you've learned on the the health side, on the food side, and and uh, you know just what are some of the the key takeaways that gosh, you wish you knew 10 years ago or when you first started, but it, it's just kind of keeps evolving. Yeah. It's, it's really evolved a lot in the past 
10 years, but there hasn't been that much, much that's changed in terms of like the philosophy of how I approach nutrition and, and movement and, and that sort of thing. I think ancestral health is just a great prism to see all this through. And yes, it's biased in some ways. Um, and you don't have to follow it to the extreme. Like I'm wearing a CGM continuous glucose monitor right now and, um, and have for a month before and, and tried different things. And, and so basically with the new technology, like uh, I wear an aura ring and there are whoop bands and other devices that track your HRV heart rate variability. And so with like the increasing ability to track important metrics of health uh, and, and the rings and the straps can be amazing when it comes to sleep, uh, looking at body temperature trends, respiration rate, resting heart rate, and just so many other factors for, for really not that much money, tracking that, combining it with CGM, or at least not that much money compared to what it used to be, you know, mm -hmm. even talking about monitoring your glucose where you'd have to go into the doctor's office, not only with like a prescription for it and, and the papers, but also get an implant like in your body. And then it only lasts two days or whatever, like a big thing. And now these, these various technologies, some of which creep me out, but some of them I think are really useful are, are, becoming available such that you don't have to be critically ill to access them anymore, or you don't have to be a millionaire to access them anymore. You can be someone who's practicing preventative health and medicine or fitness and trying to improve your performance and recovery just by kind of mapping some of the, these things out. So anyway, to come back to, to the way that I eat, it's, it's real food. And I've always kind of like said, that's a great place to start. Stay away from stuff that's, that's too processed. That's too, uh, that's that's tinkering with with plants too much or using too many toxic things in it or on it. I mean, you have to put your shields up and realize that we live in an upside down world, nutritionally speaking. So you're mm -hmm. going to be called out as the weirdo. But, uh, you know, carnivore is is huge now and keto is very huge and paleo is, is not so much. But to me, the principles are, are still very much the same. And and I encourage people not to get wrapped up in calling anything or the way that they, they eat something and be that, that identity, because it's more important to practice balance over time than it is to try to nail every single meal, just right. According to the dogmatic plan that you've signed up for or whatever it is, right. it's not the important part. So uh, real food, super important, but then like tying it in with the technology, being able to, look at the glycemic index and glycemic load of different foods was one of the ways that I kind of identified different food groups for the wild diet and our way of coaching and, and eating ourselves. But when you're actually able to measure this in your own body and, and correlate that to other people's bodies, like I just actually on an earlier interview today was talking to Kara Collier who specializes in, in CGMs. And she said that when she ate bananas, which are supposed to be, you know, especially in, in like the paleo, keto world like no way don't eat a banana that's gonna your blood sugar is gonna skyrocket and then you're gonna be not paleo or you're gonna be not keto or something like that like anyway people freak out about bananas um so she compared what happened to her blood sugar wearing the cgm eating a banana versus eating uh i think it was sweet potato and turns out sweet potato hijacked it and made it just go off the charts whereas bananas were fine for her Contrast that to me last night, but knowing that I was going into that interview, and I'm just like, <laughs> Allison made up a bunch of sweet potato fries, which were not boiled. They were, you know, basically fried in coconut oil, baked at a high temperature. The worst thing you can do from a 
glycemic load perspective. And it was fine. My, you know, like my blood glucose was fine with that, it seemed. And I didn't try banana yet, but maybe I'll try that next. But, but the biochemical individuality piece is super important. And then also the same foods, once I've been able to track them with my own, you know, just various metrics, uh, if I eat a sweet potato on the day after I've done burpees, for example, it will affect my blood sugar in a completely different way than the day that I didn't work out. In which case it, my insulin sensitivity is, is in a worse shape on the days that I'm not working out. So if you partition the carbs and sugars there, then it has a totally different effect on your body, even if it's the same food, same person. And so it's more like seeing all of this as a circle or a kaleidoscope instead of some sort of linear thing of learning. It's much more complicated than that. And it's always going to be changing. So hence the adaptation and, and uh, evolving. But once you're able to track a lot of these things, you can't run away from it anymore. Like I know what what drinking too much booze does to me now. And so like if I'm going to do it, it's kind of an informed decision that I can't run away from because it's like boop, like the AI is nagging at you the next day. It's like <laughs> you're not doing well today, buddy. Wow. You better take it easy. Oh my gosh. Well, first you you had to mention the only exercise that I absolutely hate when it comes <laughs> on on my rotation i'm like burpees skip skip pick something else like I, I, okay hill sprints hill sprints it's Colorado, right? a long time I, I might do a hill sprint over a burpee like my wife she's a fitness nut and she'll do burpees um and we were talking about it but uh it was that is the one exercise i just i hate doing because i stink at it like i'm bad yeah. at it right so right it's that, not a good one it's, it's not a good one to get started with. It's no. really not. It's You have to already be a fitness bunny in shape in order to do some of these. And that's really important too. There's no one size fits all exercise except for maybe squats or like, yes. you know, may, maybe squats might win there. But right. deadlift, squats, simple pulls and presses. Um, there are so many different ways to do it, but definitely sprinting. And it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. If you do some combination of those things a few times a week, um, depending on what they are, it, you don't really have to do intensity more than once a week, whether it's a, a big weight or a big sprint type thing where you're getting up to the, the red line. You don't actually need to do that much to get great results. So I don't want to freak. I, I use burpees because they're kind of the funniest. They're just like, what a ridiculous, horrible. I think, I think Corey told you to say burpees. Pick <laughs> <laughs> on Ron time again. I just don't think. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, burpees, burpees are tough. That's for sure. But hill sprints, man, I haven't done hill sprints in a long time. Uh, so yeah, those. Gotta... I think if there is to any of those is going slowly and then giving yourself enough rest, like luxurious rest. Don't try to do the, uh, the Tabata style, quick workout, quick rest. That'll just thrash you, especially if you're not in fitness bunny shape. But if you like extend out that uh, that rest period between those bursts, then for me, it's the thing that allowed me to like burpees again was not doing them fast. When I was doing them fast, I hated them. But doing it slow, it's like, oh, I can I can pump out 10 of these and then wait a couple minutes and go like do some dishes and then come back and do another set. Like it's actually not that bad. So 
you'll find that thing. You'll find that exercise that works for you. And burpees are not for everybody. If my wife asks me to do burpees, then dishes, I'm blaming you. (laughs) (laughs) Rest periods are a great time to get things done. The stuff that I don't want to do for some reason, I've realized that when I'm either rest periods between working out or a little bit drunk, I want to do those things like doing the dishes and cleaning up a little bit as a gift to my future self, who's a little bit hungover, but hopefully, you know, like a little better off. Yeah. You're like, Hey, I'm done. (laughs) Oh man. All right. So you've with one more question on the podcast and then we can talk about all the other awesome fun stuff uh, that you're doing, but you you've had, obviously with doing it for so long, you've had so many incredible guests from doctors that talk at a much higher level than I know Ron and I can understand uh, to, you know, those that have just experienced some amazing things and had tons of success. Like what's been your process on, on getting people on your show and just getting to know people through it and just all the the stuff. And, and what's like maybe one, one thing you learned from someone else through the podcast that you're thankful you had your show for. Yeah. I think it's really important to, do your show and not be pushed around too much by the fads, by the, uh, the people who are doing book tours, who are showing up on every show at the same time. Um, I, I like a little bit of that, you know, with the big guests, that's just what happens. Like Gary Tobbs comes on my show. He's on every, you know, Mark Sisson I'm talking to literally after this, he was just on Rogan. It's like, they're on the big shows, some of them, but I like, I like mixing that in with some, some people who are on my show who are just listeners, who are just people who are like, Hey, I listen. And you know, I lost 140 pounds and figured I'd get in touch or it's like 140 pounds. Like, come on, <laughs> let's talk about that. Um, I, I, so I like that combination of kind of the community based piece. And then these, uh, these people who are more out there, like, to be honest, to work in the world of health, it kind of needs to be professional. You need to make money or someone needs to make money somewhere. Otherwise, they can't afford to do that. You know, you can't afford to do a podcast unless money's coming from somewhere. And so I had to face that and I had to, you know, like learn that the hard way a few times. Uh, And and many of the guests do as well, kind of going through that gauntlet. But once once you find a, you know, a nice combination of the people who are professional health people or whatever your vertical is and sprinkle it in with those who are more just like the real life people who are just normal people who do not specialize in health, do not work in health whatsoever, but they're showing up and it's a piece of their lives that really matters. And I think those people have a really valuable and unique perspective, even if it's just, you know, customers who are commenting on someone's business. A lot of it's easy to throw this stuff away as just like little comments, but we've literally built our businesses and projects around that feedback. And like, we'll have guests on based upon who, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's people getting in touch with us saying like, Hey, you should have this person on. And I really appreciate a lot of those emails more than the pitches that then we get, that we get just constantly mm-hmm. because it's picking from a different uh, group of, of people, you know, and, and, the longer that podcasts go on, the more saturated they become, the more easy it is to be like everybody else. And I think it's really important to just double down on your own passion, your own, uh, you know, having people on your show or talking about subjects that you really 
appreciate. That's that's going to keep you going because if you're doing this for anyone else or if you're doing this for money, you're just going to run out of steam. You're going to burn out. Even if you're doing it from passion, you're going to burn out too. And that'll be an important lesson. So you have to figure out a way to just like make it worth it for yourself, make it worth it as a business if, if you choose to go that direction and definitely make it worth it for the people who are listening. Yeah, we tell people that they have to be the subject matter of their uh, subject matter expert of their own show because yeah. that's literally the place you can truly be the subject matter expert because it's your show, right? Don't right. turn into just the interviewer. But I'm going to be an interviewer for a second, so I haven't decided if I ask about the bacon, the yeah. bacon costume, or yeah. if I ask about what game your wife is the professional of. I haven't decided, so I I'll let you choose. Those I don't are my know if I watched the video with you and Kurt when you were running by him. So I, I, I did watch. I watched that back when it was live back in the day. So like, first off, I would probably chase you in the bacon suit because I like yeah. bacon, I, and and that's probably why you did it um, <laughs> because it's probably a good imagery of, hey, this will help you be motivated to do that. Right. So one awesome, love it. Let's talk about your wife and uh, what what is the like professional gamer? Like, holy smokes! Like that's. What game did she play? Mostly Halo, but she played a okay. lot of first-person shooters. That was her her specialty. And My so, wife loves Halo. Yeah, it, it's interesting because those uh, when you play those games on a team, there are different role players, and that's kind of how we approach our business um, from both a you know me kind of like I want to make a band, and her she wants an effective team to <laughs> to start. <laughs> side we and, need a good team so we could snipe people far yeah away. exactly she was great at headshots still is but uh so so that was the game that she played but i think it's it's really important to know that uh those things can be infinitely uncool after a while if you burn yourself out as well like she was playing 14 plus hours a day and she was also on a tv show for professional gaming back and this was kind of before gaming really took off and especially like pro gaming Right. Uh, took off because it's a different thing now. But I think it's really important that, that people realize that they shouldn't discount gaming. There's there's a lot of just kind of, oh, gaming is bad for everybody. But you can't generalize to that degree. And I, for me, learning project management and running my own business and running my own books in real time, I kind of learned that from playing StarCraft. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you know, like I kind of learned that from playing games where I managed resources and the te teenager and just got really into it. And if you don't use your gold, you run out. If you don't keep the cat, your eye on the cash flow, and if you don't do work quickly enough, then, and, and so anyway, I, I really liked strategy games and she kind of liked this different genre and the gamer community is uh, a really incredible one that I encourage some people not to just dismiss because gaming is like playing. We should all yeah. play something. And just because it's video or just because it's, you know, showing up in one form or, or another doesn't degrade the fact, generally speaking, that you're engaging in play, which I think is a good or engaging in some amount of healthy escapism, which is just right. so much better than the media environment that most people find themselves in like going on YouTube is a drag. You might learn some stuff, but it's a drag going on yeah. social media is usually a drag too. So I encourage people or watching to the news 24 seven. It's an entertainment outlet. People yeah. Forget that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's the video games. I know my son, we get on his case because he, uh, he'll choose the video game over anything else. And it's like, no, come right. on, like go play outside first or for a little bit on top yeah. of, 
equal parts outside play and indoor play at least. I'm with you there. So, um, all right. So that I mean, it's crazy that we do have a negative outlook on on the gaming aspect, but uh, it's nice to know that there's that healthy side of it. And and yeah, I know me playing games back in the day, like hand eye coordination that it takes to do all the different things, even, you know, as before the controllers and everything were as complex as they are nowadays. So yeah. Uh, one in, stick was good. Now yeah, yeah. But all right. So I want to ask about the challenge that you've got on the app. Like I know you said monthly you do that. And, and uh, I just discovered this, I don't know, maybe six weeks ago that you do these. And so now I, I was like, well, I'm going to wait and ask Abel directly. Like, what's the right challenge? What? Because I think that you change them up each month, right? Like, just walk us through kind of what you do for that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, for the people who are listening of the entrepreneurial bent, it's important to evolve, (laughs) Uh, especially when you have an online business or you sell anything digital. Because, you, you know, in order to be of the most value to people, the technology changes quickly enough that you just have to redo it every six months or a year. And so anyway, we actually essentially white labeled a really robust app that is meant to serve a whole health or medical practice by, um, by basically tracking patients and allowing them to track meditation, intermittent fasting, meal plans, nutrition, sleep, and hook in with Apple devices and Google fit as well. And so in order to like get all that interactivity and also just like texting back and forth within the app, like our, our (laughs) websites that basically delivered video courses or PDF downloads of recipes wouldn't work for that. And so we had to invest a lot of time and, and, and effort and resources into making this happen. But now that we have, it allows us to go from, uh, really having a community and a a monthly event of some kind that we can all rally around. That's a real time thing as opposed to like you buying my book once or something like I want it to be more, it needs to be more than that for most people to stick with it or come back to it. And so for us having like a robust app that hooks in with the different smart devices is really amazing to be able to combine that with their nutrition plan and looking at how that, that, enters in with sleep and looking at the different trends without them have to having to enter everything manually. It's just, it's a fun and interesting way to run a community and, and various challenges. So anyway, the different challenges, the different themes are we've done a low, low sugar challenge. We've done kind of general wild um, challenges where you're trying to clean up your, your nutrition plan, eat real food and get some movement in and things like that, hydrate effectively. So you can track all of these things and also have accountability built in with, with coaches and the community in the different app and, and, and platforms that were on there. So if you're looking to get uh, in, in great shape, there are different ways of going about it. But one that we have coming up is just a wild keto challenge and we'll be doing more low sugar ones. Uh, some might be autoimmune based and a little bit more therapeutic, but basically this year we have the, the freedom to some degree to just try a bunch of different ones, uh, you know, try, it doesn't have to be the same every time it could be, you know, some people could even join in and be like, you know what, I'm going to do the light version of this. Cause I want pizza on Saturdays. Um, <laughs> and other people will go a little bit harder. Yes. And that's totally cool. So it's more just a way to make it 
make our product an event and a community as opposed to a book or a one-off, you know, trinket that someone gets because the lifestyle accountability factors aren't built into products, but they are communities. Well, I, I love that you're, you've taken the approach of the community and keeping it evolving for them because so many, I'll just say fad diets, whatever. Um, it's, it's a one and done type of thing where there's not the accountability attached to it mm-hmm. where, I mean, just this podcast, if Corey wasn't doing it with me, I don't know if I'd have it. <laughs> right. I mean, just because we kind of hold each other accountable at different times right. to make sure we do it at the time we say we're going to do it. Um, so one huge props on that. So for someone like me, right. Kind of uh, this year, I was like, okay, I'm gonna. I was doing a activity for 30 minutes every single day up until nine days ago, and then I stopped. But I was doing it every single day, and the only reason I stopped is it was the fabulous excuses. My uh, contractor ripped up my basement and put everything where everything was. I know it's a bad excuse. I apologize. It is what it is. But I will get back on the bandwagon. So someone that's in that realm. Is that challenge coming up the best one for me to jump in at? The keto I, challenge you're talking about? I think if you're ready, that's the best one to jump in. Well, I'm ready because I have to I have to be in the best shape of my life before August 28th, because that's my birthday. And I figured if we talk to you on August 27th, you're gonna tell me I'm late. So oh, I gotta get started. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, get started then. Get started. You know, to be perfectly honest, I think it's really important that some people jump on the challenges, you know. But the longer you do this, the less I want you to have to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Like the more I want it to be <clears throat> something that's that's more intuitive, less dogmatic and less strict and less about the quick results. But, you know, like my buddy from college, uh, he's a flair bartender out in um, Las Vegas. Like spins the bottles and stuff? Yeah, Is he's the guy who like wow. juggles the flaming okay. bottles and pours a shot in the middle of the air and it's just like all those crazy things. Okay, um, cool. You know, like he 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 had the pounds coming on over a few years of just like living it up there and his buddy too. And so they challenged each other. I'm going to have him. I think I'm talking to him next week to have him on my show, but um, he, he just shredded off like 40 pounds or something like that by challenging himself and, and his buddy to kind of a contest to see how much they could shred and who would win, you know, and it's just him, just the two of them, you know, there's no, like he didn't join. I, I even said, like, if you want to join one of our challenges or whatever for free, we'll get you. And he's like, no, no, no I'm doing it with my buddy. And so I think there, there are so many different ways to go about this. Um, it's great to join the challenges. If you're trying to hop back on the train, you know, like if you've, if your base was just ripped up, you're not in the norm. Well, and especially a lot of people in the past year, obviously, they're not going to the same gym. They don't have the same sort of options or resources that they had before to work out. And and it's no, I mean, that's fine. Like no judgment because the way that we lose our good habits is usually just like little monkey wrench, little curveball cuts off our habit. And then we just don't do it out of habit anymore. And then it falls off, right. you know, so we lose that habit. So it's just a matter of getting that habit rolling again. Yes, it does. It's automatic again. But it, but you have to be looking at your ke- kettlebell in like the right corner of the room a few <laughs> times for that to work again, right? Like you yes. have to, that's why the challenges work. It's to help yeah. you jump back on the train. But um, 
I want to be out of a, I want to put myself out of a job essentially. Like I don't want to be there coaching anyone or anyone to do anything because the way that you stay alive is by learning to do it for yourself. True. Well, maybe, maybe Ron and I can both do it, do one of your challenges that would be awesome. accountable, that would and be awesome. uh, keep you updated on our progress. And, and honestly, like 2020 did, became the year of online entrepreneur challenges, online right. workshops and, and summits and all this uh, stuff. And, and every single one, well, uh, maybe not everyone, but most of them, a majority of them have such an amazing message to share and, and could give results to anybody that is going through it. As long as the participant actually does the work that right. is assigned, right? Like it still falls back onto the right. challenger to actually do the work for themselves. <laughs> but sometimes the work is even easier than you'd expect because if you're not being accountable, it's pretty easy to like have ice cream on Wednesday night and on Saturday night and have like pizza on Friday and then, you know, pancakes on Sunday. But if you're like racing your buddy for, <laughs> for a month to the best result, it's a lot easier to skip that ice cream both right. nights and then maybe just go for the pancakes on Sunday or something. So like just by cutting those gigantic excursions out, all of a sudden you follow that trend line for a few weeks and the weight comes off. Even if you're not trying super hard, you're just like being a little bit more uh, focused instead of lax when, you know, a little bit more honest with yourself when it comes to things like that. It's really myself included. Like I'll, I'll do the same thing. Um, but I'll tell you what, like being on camera on a weekly basis or even more is brutal you'll see every hangover you'll see like every little thing that you did wrong too much salt here whatever it's pretty brutal so it's um it that's a pretty good accountability too if you just if you don't even have anyone else that you're able to do that with take a picture keep it for yourself like you don't have to share it instagram or whatever but keep it for yourself once a week take a picture and be like oh this is working i didn't realize it but this is that's, that's a good a good point ron and i uh we're on on these lives five times a week. So, or, or more. So yeah, definitely yeah. there's, there's days where I'm like, should we really go? Sometimes I, all you see is this of me. And then <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, my next question, you know, the one question I get to ask, it's got to be around hindsight and because hindsight's 2020, our show's hindsight hacking. And so just looking back in your time uh, as an entrepreneur and, uh, and all the, ebbs and flows that you've had like what's been the biggest lesson you've learned and and uh and no in hindsight that you wish you knew sooner no success is ever enough to kick back <laughs> or at least kick back too long i think it's important to celebrate the joys and achievements and, and good times for a minute for a little bit but then you have to go back to work you know it's like if if all the best athletes out there if michael jordan just like during the off season 50 pounds he would not be michael jordan the next season and so sometimes in business and especially online you get these big viral hits these big just monstrous things that is is so much juice at once you don't know what to do with it and things break and whatever so if you don't capitalize on those that's a big mistake and i've seen that happen for some people where their website just breaks down because they didn't account for what was going to be coming that they could have right. planned for. So you have to capitalize on those moments and make hay while the sun is shining. You know, like during the, the, the TV show back in 2016, when that went live on ABC, like 
we didn't take time off like that whole year, pretty much like we worked hard and made by far the most money that we had made in any, any year. Um, paid a ton of taxes too <laughs> and learned that working harder isn't always what you want to do. Um, if you're sacrificing your own life and, and happiness to try to just get somewhere. And so that was, that was definitely something where we learned, but then, you know, like the worst possible thing that could have happened where essentially we were in Google's good graces, even though we're in alternative health for many years and, and had millions of people coming to the website because we built well and we did the things that google wanted us to do and then worst case scenario google google's like nope not you and, and then turns it off for for us for like pretty much anyone who's in our domain or does similar work amazon google apple like a lot of them turned down the juice for whatever reason um and that's really bad if you build a business selling low priced products or low margin products to a wide variety of people, which is like the goal of what we were doing with our businesses. So in hindsight, I, I don't really see mistakes as much as lessons, but, um, but we took like a year off after working intensely, ridiculously hard for a year and Google turned us off after that and the pandemic hit on top of that. And so, even the times that we've done really well, you've got to move on it and you've got to do the right things at the right time. But then also, if you don't keep working hard, <laughs> at least my experience is you don't keep making oodles of money or your business right. your business doesn't work as well money as it, stops as coming. it could. <laughs> A lot of people are just like, yeah, you get this hit and then you have Lamborghinis and yachts forever and you never have to worry about anything. I have never met a single person where that's true. You know, it's, it's really even the people who have hundreds of millions of dollars or even billionaires who, who I've met, they're still getting after it for the most part. They're still because that's that's the game they're playing. That's why they're doing this. It's not about the money. And once you're above water, it's about paying your employees, keeping your team going, um, which I take really seriously and have made mistakes. Um, and, and everyone has to. But it's it's. Sometimes it's just a matter of showing up more than anything else. And another really big piece of advice, I don't know where this came from, but I didn't make it up. But sometimes entrepreneurship is just staying in business long enough for something good to happen. And like, that's that. been my experience for the most part. Oh, so good, Abel. So good. All right. So you've got a couple of books that are not related to the health space. Uh, <laughs> Tell us, tell us about those. Well, I wrote uh, Designer Babies Still Get Scabies as a book of poetry and satire, uh, 2019. And it's a little bit eerily prophetic, like looking back at some of the things that I wrote in there, because I could, I could see the trajectory to some degree of, of where the world was going, especially from the perspective of health, where it's like, okay, we just got axed from Google essentially. And, and, you know, a bunch of people being shadow banned. Why? It's like, because people aren't supposed to eat their vegetables and like clean grass fed meats. No, there's probably something else. That's a little, little hairy. And it's kind of just the, however you want to describe it, the mainstreaming of the internet, where it's like all the people who built these alternative platforms and social media and got people excited about them were kicked to the side 
unless you use paid traffic. Um, and even a lot of them are kicked to the side too. But that dynamic shift was really, um, was interesting and, and difficult to adapt to in a lot of ways, but I'm really happy that we did like it, to talk about hindsight. Once again, like those times when the cash flow isn't coming in, you're forced to adapt your business and build something better. That's the time where it's, it's frustrating, but the energy is free. I wake up and, and I work on that, you know, like I work on it until it's done. And the times here's a really weird thing that happens. It's like the times that you're making money, usually in our experience, it's because you worked hard three or six months before. It's not because of what you're doing right now. It's not because of what you did that week, usually, that you get that big, it's like everything's working. This is amazing. Let's kick back. Let's take a vacation. You know, no, no. And then three months later, if you do that kickback thing, you start losing money, even though you're working really. And so you're scrambling that week. It's like, I'm really hard. How come I'm losing so much money? And this is the same thing that happens with people's health, where it's like you just had a bender and, and drank for three days straight. And then you're wondering why you feel bad on Monday when you under eat lunch and you're not losing weight. And it's kind of like that right. with business, too. So you have to be really careful about that, where don't draw that correlation to like just because you're recording 12 today doesn't mean that anyone is going to listen to you. And, and even though we have scale, we experience that sometimes. And it's like, it's really frustrating when you get hundreds of views for a channel that is 50,000 or 100,000 subscribers or followers. And that's been our experience for years now. But you just have to keep going and be like, okay, well, YouTube is not in our good graces. And so whatever the next platform is that's decentralized and probably built on the blockchain where it can't, you know, throttle certain people and all the rest of this, well, they're going to eat Google's lunch and YouTube's lunch and Facebook's lunch and all the rest of this. And I can't wait to help build those next platforms because that's what's going to be coming. And sometimes it's okay to wait and realize that it's not the right time to just like keep slamming your head against the wall. It's a good time to take a step back, take a bird's eye view and be like, all right, let's reprioritize here and adapt. Work hard now so that later on we can kick back a little bit. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. And I know there's people listening that's like, one, how do I get in the challenge? And two, how do I get the book? So what's the best place for them to connect with you and kind of where where should people start? Yeah, the best place to find me is going to be fatburningman.com. And if you're looking for the app, it's called the Wild Challenge, but you have to go through our website to get there. It's uh, fatburningman.com slash app or wildsuperfoods.com slash app. And so if you just look up Abel James or Fat Burning Man, I should come up eventually. Eventually. Now, I'm pretty sure it comes up right away. So. <laughs> I'll have to right, well, uh, Yeah, you, you do. I didn't recognize you with the long hair. So, um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, uh, super appreciative. And, and just as we talked about before, if it w wasn't for your podcast, when Ron and I were trying to figure out what our next step was, uh, who knows if I would have said, you know, we should do a podcast. And uh, and then lo and behold, we, we launched and we're almost there. I think maybe we are 200 episodes in maybe oh, as we, yeah. as we put this one out there, but uh, yes, thank you. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's a blast and, and we're blessed to be able to help people with all kinds of podcasting needs. And, and yeah, who knows if we would be there if, if the fat burning man show wasn't around. So uh, Abel, thanks so much for giving us the time today. Hey, thanks for having me. Really appreciate you guys. Thanks Abel.
All right, Ron. You know, I think there is a challenge in our future that it revolves around our health. What do you got? What do you say? I, I absolutely agree. And I think we should like not only track it against each other, but we should probably maybe do some weekly highlights on our daily show. Probably, probably. And uh, give, give able to feedback as yeah. I kick your butt and go. Through no. the challenge. Hey, we're yeah. one in one on our Apple ring challenge. We are even on our we're challenge one in one so far. So a uh, couple takeaways, I assume you've got one or two for us. I got a bunch, but I'm going to try to hit the high level ones. One, you have to put in the work, right? There's so many people like I, I love when people are like, oh, is that a get rich quick thing? And then they started, they're like really pissed that they didn't make millions of dollars, even though that's not what they wanted it to be. Like you have to put in the work, yeah. right? And you have to be consistent. And we talk about that all the time. The other one that I love that he said was you have to evolve so you can continually impact your tribe, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's one and thing to go write a book. It's another thing to go uh, have a book that people can interact with on an app uh, and and actually have a community, right? Like we don't want a trinket or just a book. We want to have a community. And, and uh, you know, one thing that I, I got from this whole interview that I appreciate about Abel is just being genuine, being real. And if, if you have a business, if you're a business owner, if you have a podcast, if you are doing anything, like just be genuine and people will follow you and not anybody, but the right people will be there to buy your service or your product or your business, uh, whatever you're doing, but you're going to attract the right people when you're genuine, when you're real and, and you're trying to serve people in the right way, the right things will happen. So everyone, thanks so much for watching. Thanks for much for listening and uh, we will catch you next time. Bye, guys. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And you know what? If you're not already a member of our Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash profits with. Guys, we are super excited to have you be a part of our community and help you get more visible, get more traffic, and get more sales. That's right, Ron. And every time someone is in our group, we get to share all the tips, the tricks, and everything that you can get profits with from your summits, your challenges, your workshops, your podcast, your vodcast, and so much more. Guys, thanks for being the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community.